Sadness, it's not a bad thing to feel. But it's that cold absence of feeling. That's what prison was like. You think I'm playing a game? You think this is a game to me? I served hard time and I survived. Prison changes a man. And you guys might think that it's over for me, but nah, I'm just getting started. And mami, I'll see you soon. Porque sabes que eres la única mamacita. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's fire! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark like a dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good wrestling day. It's Wednesday, and as always, you know what that means. Top of Wrestling is here. It's 12 o'clock, episode 18 of The NeverEnding Season 5. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, welcoming you. As always, when you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you subscribe, like, and share, not only do we appreciate it, we send you a lot of care. The new thing coming out of this week is all that has been talked about. No, I'm not talking about uh, Sasha Monet or whatever we want to talk about at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. We all know what the biggest part of the week was. Pretty much after we left you, I think maybe two days after or a day after last week, Vince McMahon is back. So I can't wait to talk about that today. We got a lot of news to unravel. We got Bring It to the Table, my wrestler of the week. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Wars from 25 years ago, which was January 12th of 98, I believe. And this week, we have a great movie of the week. I'm actually excited. I know that we've had a little bit of fun during the holidays with, you know, Hulk Hogan's major classics. But today, we'll talk about a re- actually a really great movie. Last week, we left you ready for Monday Night Football. We were a little bit juiced up. I was. I was, I, I was, you know, starting to prime up for the game. And we had, we had a lot of high expectations last week. We were all in a good mood. 
And then, dude, even I almost forgot to post the show on Wednesday because I was that distracted. Um, and we all know what we're talking about, but let me just say, Jesus Christ, the power of three. Man, in so many different ways, the number three, um, it's just, I'm, I'm sure ODM is ready to do it. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I can't talk about this next part without ODM. Yeah, what a fucking week it's been between Vince coming back and, and this shit, man. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start with an update. I don't know if you've seen it, but just recently, uh, maybe within the last hour, uh, DeMar Hamlin has been released from the hospital. He is back in Buffalo, and he is home. So that is fucking great news. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I went over uh, to Wheezy's with my son. Uh, you know, my son's been oh. working for most of the games. Uh, so he hasn't been able to catch him live. Uh, so he's like, well, I want to watch the game with you. I said, well, all right, well, it was Wheezy's birthday. And I said, yeah, right, yeah let's it was. Go, yep. let's, go, let's go to his place, and let's let's watch. Um, and just the way it played out was so weird, because there had already been a couple injury stoppages prior to that. Like oh fuck, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go have a smoke, and I came smoke, and Crusty came out, and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, it was weird. He got up, and then he just fell over. I'm like, huh? That's weird. Like I didn't really grasp the gravity of what was happening. And then I went back in, and they were still showing it at this point. Um, okay, yeah. Was like, was oh, then you made fuck. it in not too long after, that, right? Yeah, and then and then you I mean, know, the next thing where I saw was Josh Allen's face, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, this isn't good. And then it was yeah. like, all right, fuck it, let's just, you know, we, we sat around waiting for updates, waiting for updates, and then we're like, fuck it, let's just play darts. The updates were horrible. Yeah. Um, nah, but like, nah, I'm not saying they were giving horrible updates. It was just, they just kept repeating the same lines in different patterns and forms or phrasing, but same thing, we have no news. Um, and I'll say this, man, honestly, uh, you said it, that Crusby had Owen Hart vibes. Yeah. Yeah. It's true because it, but it's because it was there in an arena, and you're finding out live on TV some things. Now, a lot of these things can happen, and we don't necessarily. We, like, if this happened to Hamlin in the middle of the night, and people were able to help him, you know what I mean? Like that's it's. No one would be as affected, be, but because to be honest with you, that was a traumatic thing to watch. Watching mm-hmm. someone just do that, and then, man, watching Bengals players and both coaches coming together um god damn i have so much respect for the Bengals. i was cheering from yesterday during while watching the buffalo game i'm like all right they got a good game going too man seeing burrow and uh uh allen together that shit like had me like i i i text you i go bro i'm not a man who admits a tear but i'm like i'm here yeah uh, but, but we'll we'll lighten the mood for a second on this before we talk about the game um i texted you and it's funny because Crespi said, I have the Owen Hart vibe. And I said, yo, man, I have that vibe. You ever seen the movie The Sixth Man? And he said, I want to laugh and slap you really hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote back immediately, no, 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 bro. I'm saying, like, he looked fine. He got up, ready to go. Right. Bam. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was yeah. just, that's kind of what I was referring to. I didn't mean a ghost was now going to be playing for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills all season, picking uh, Dawson Knox up 10 feet in the air so he can grab a ball. No. It was enough for me just to, like, that's why I said it, like, the vibe was. But as soon as you wrote that, I felt, I actually felt shitty. I go, <laughs> does he think I'm making light of this situation? No, 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> oh, I'd expect nothing less. I, I wouldn't hold it against you. you. <laughs> so, I, uh, but dude, I mean, obviously, you know, three years, three months since the Bills have had a returning uh, kickoff touchdown and did it not once to open the game, dude, but that twice. Was insanity. Absolutely insane. 
And then, yeah, there are all the things. Like, obviously, he woke up on the third day. He uh, There's a lot of big things going on with the three. Yeah, a lot you know, of. And listen, there. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not. Some trying. are just a little a reach, I would say. Yeah, I listen, I'm not one to, you know, I'm not trying to shit on anything. But, I mean, that's what we do as humans. We make connections. So, you know, everybody's looking for anything with the number three in it. So, I mean, at I least, kinda, you know, at least it was, you know, it's kind of odd. You didn't see three people getting their dick sucked. You saw four. So you almost were able to make that correlation. <laughs> Hidden track. So if you don't, I will say this. Um, you're saying, like, you know, the joke about it. I will say, like, I kind of made a joke because they were just pointing out so many things, so many facts. Right. And then I go, man, the Jets and Dolphins are keeping it tied at three right. to three for a while. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> Which is like the most boring game ever. Yeah. I saw that like it was just field goal, field goal, and an accidental safety. Uh, safety. Yeah. I was like, great. Can't wait to play them next week. Mm-hmm. We get to play fingers. Woohoo! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> terrible. Fingers might not be playing. Good. Fuck. Oh, man. All right. Let's get into some real news here. Uh, two big things out of last week. We got Wrestle Kingdom, and then we also have. Vince McMahon is back. Let's talk about the latter of them because it's the most important. I mean, <laughs> two, three months ago, four at best, we're like, adios, guy. Like, you're gone. You know, July. It was a summer, but yeah, okay. Yeah. But still, like, and here we are. So please take it away. Yeah, man, this is insane. Basically, what's happening here is that Vince is like, okay, well, we're going to sell, but guess what? Uh, I have 81% of the voting majority. So I'm going to block any sale unless I'm the one at the head of the board that's facilitating the sale. And that's basically what happened. So, yeah, he acted by written consent to remove Joellen, Lyons, Dylan, Jeffrey Speed, and Alan Wexler from the board. And then their place brought back George Berrios and Michelle Wilson, who got fired when Nick Khan came aboard. Ignis Lahoud and Manjit Singh have also resigned from the board of directors after seeing all of this. Um, Vince is expecting to be appointed as the executive chairman, which he has been. Um, and he said, and again, he wouldn't approve any sale uh, or media rights deal, uh, which is currently up for renegotiation with Peacock right now. Um, there's not going to be any changes at management. They've had a, a call with the with the stockholders. You can actually go out there. I wasn't going to get the whole transcript. I don't think it was worth it. Um, but apparently Paul Levesque, Stephanie McMahon, Nick Khan, Frank Riddick, and others are going to remain in their current roles. Um, on the call As today. The puppets that, that he's holding well, the strings well, above at the top. Well, and the thing is, like, you know, the statement was they're still going to be the head of creative. Vince will not have any hand in it, but, you know, uh, Stephanie McMahon is still, like, co-CIO with Nick Khan, and Paul Levesque is still head of creative at this time. I have a question. At this time. So, my question is this. Okay, so I sexually harassed a girl and did some really fucked up things, paid her to keep her mouth shut. I just won't do creative. I'll still run the fucking company. Jesus Christ. He went away for six months. Yeah. Not even. That's all he did. Not even. Yeah. When the movie comes out, the biopic, whenever there's a big Vince McMahon biopic one day, whenever that actually happens, I want them to cover this. And he's like, and then my career is done. But I came back. Fuck them all. Because that's pretty much what it is, dude. Jesus, this guy, he hasn't, it's like, 
it's like the nine lives. We've talked about this. I mean, it was the documentary they just did. Yeah. What is the timing of that? That just happened. The nine lives of Vince McMahon three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he's on life seven. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I'll mention is uh, WWF or WWE has uh, hired JP Morgan to help uh, advise on a potential sale. And right now they're estimating that the time frame is going to be three to six months. So, you know, weekly Cornette reference, I listened to, they did like a breaking news segment. It was about a half hour long. It's on YouTube. Um, and they just discussed it and, and they brought up some, you know, really good things. What if the Saudis buy WWE? What are you actually getting it when you purchase it? Um, it could it be might not that, even be the contracts. It might just be the company and not the wrestlers. Right. It could be that Vince, as part of the sale, wants to be remain in place as creative control. I mean, we don't fucking know what the sale's going to entail. So there's still so many more variables there. Um, right now, it seems like NBC, Comcast, you know, Peacock, you know, is going to be your, you know, your 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 place. But I mean, again, the Saudis. You now people talking about Disney. I don't know that it's actually going to be Disney. Uh, could be Fox. Well, I, uh, I'm just kind of shocked throughout this whole thing that even. He's back. I, I, I swear to God, like I, I'm still kind of speechless, and I'm like, I just got to see where it goes well, from here. You and know William what I mean? Regal just got back. <laughs> oh, geez. And FTR might be planning, or maybe we're planning. That's the thing. Now what? So a couple of great memes that I have seen. Uh, one was just him sitting there looking at a list, and it's like, wait, Gargano came back? This guy came back? All right, gone, gone, gone. Right? That was funny. But my favorite one was, I'm stepping down as the chairman of WWE. I want to thank everybody for all the blah, 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 whatever whatever the fuck it, it was that he did. And that tweet was on the over the face of Mark Henry wearing the infamous pink jacket <laughs> that he did when he, when he was doing that. And I go, oh, my God, that is spot on. That is so awesome. That was like perfect. Good job with that meme. Uh, and it's really funny you reference Cornette. Because we do. <laughs> uh, man, he, he kind of ruined some things for me a little bit this week. I, I do have some issues with him uh, on some levels because of his critique of Wrestle Kingdom um, in some ways, some of the matches. But also, uh, he did actually give a lot of credit to how they make it look absolutely amazing. So I'll just ask you, did you happen to listen to Cornette and his Wrestle Kingdom talk? I started listening to the episode today. I did not finish it. Okay, so I had some time earlier. So I'll just run down Wrestle Kingdom results, okay? First, you and I, uh, we both took some bets as to who was going to win the four-way junior heavyweight championship match. I was actually right with uh, Hiromu Takahashi. But all of a sudden during the match, I found myself cheering for Master Watto. And I didn't know who the fuck this dude was before the match. And this was so good. This match was like just straight fire. Great match. Awesome watch. Um, the, why it won't take the uh, match of the night is because they were up against Osprey and uh, Omega. Which, it, Jesus, any other day I could have said that, no problem. But right now it's like it's Ostrich and Olivier because I happen to listen to <laughs> Cornette. He fucking kills me when he does that. And he's like, so now Will Ostrich comes out to fight Kenny Olivier. And then he calls him like 
fingers. Finger, I don't know. He, he finger all, bang. Fing, oh my god, he's <laughs> all right. Twinkle so, toe McFinger bang. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's funny because listening to their thing for a little bit. They make a lot of, he was making a lot of obscure references to people that are like old time sports people or something like that. And they go, can we have any more obscure things that our fans are not even going to know what we're talking about? And I'm like, good. We're not the only ones that do that. <laughs> so <clears throat> Tama Tonga won the never open weight championship from Carl Anderson. It was a good match until... They have done so many uh, attempts to do the stun gun on each other, which is an RKO. Back, forth, reversal, this, that, everything. When he finally goes to do it, Carl Anderson was nowhere near him, and they both just dropped down in a weird way, and good night, folks. <laughs> ah, damn. It was, it's, but it's unfortunate, but if that's the, the end of the match, and I'm like, Carl, just put your foot on that rope. Just do it, even though you know we shouldn't. I'm like, but... You built up to only the one stun gun that would actually do it, right? And I'm like, okay, I don't give a fuck. Do a roll-up at this point. Do not let that be the end of your match. But I guess you just do what you have to do. FTR dropped their tag titles. So now they're down to nada, if I'm not mistaken. They got rid of AAA. They got rid of Ring of Honor. And now they have gotten rid of the IWGP Heavyweight Championships. Okay. I mean, that sounds like a great sign that they would be going to WWE, but again, Vince, I don't know. I, I'm kind of at crossroads on yeah. a lot of things about yeah. who goes or, there. Or I'm imagine, actually, or imagine this, no, go ahead. get booked in the promotion you work for. <laughs> That's high expectations, dude. It Set is. them low. It Set is. Set them low. Yeah. Let me ask you, did you see the, the side note here? Did you happen to see the tweet that... Um, I think it was not Brian Kendrick. Someone put out. No. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, if Jacksonville Jaguars to were to ever win Ellsworth. the Ellsworth, James Ellsworth. Thank you. If the Jacksonville Jagu Jaguars to ever win the Super Bowl, would WWE send them the championship belt like they do to every Major League Baseball team, NHL team, and of course, NFL team? And I was like, that is hysterical. Great question. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it was a picture of Tony Khan with uh, uh, hugging his player. Yeah, one of the players. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so, all right, the rest of the uh, the card here. I'm going in certain order, by the way, because of what was important, great, sure. fun, or funny. Leo Rush and Yo not only lost their tag team match, Leo Rush lost half of his fucking face. Not really, but um, I sent you the the right link. Did you watch anything? I haven't watched anything yet. No, I want to okay. save so time. Their, yeah. Uh, yeah, their ramp, which pretty much every match, I swear to God, made their way to the ramp for some reason. Hmm. Nearly every match. And I was like, that's, I feel like that's a first. I've never seen everybody go to the ramp. But, so I'll break this down real quick. Your... Uh, Pre-show had the battle royal that they always do and a couple other matches. One was just a, a five-minute match between two young Lions. If you get the chance to win, you do right there, and you don't. It's a draw or whatever. It was... I liked it. I don't, for some reason, it's, I've never seen either of them before. Just different moments. 
And on this very long-ass ramp, they have a very metal-y type grate. And I'm talking the grates that, kind of like how WWE used to have on Raw back in the day, right? But this was more divided, if you will. Um, like in <laughs> space of in between each spot. Uh, and I can't really describe it. It looked like uh, a bigger honeycomb. Okay, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. And because of this, you're going to hit more jagged open edges, likely than not. And in the first match of the main card, which was the Super Junior Tag Match, that's when Leo Rush took something, uh, take a, it was like a, almost kind of like an FTR kind of bump on the, like kind of like, no, you know how FTR does their finishing move? Uh-huh. Same thing, but instead, the other guy does an axe factor. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like just smashing uh, the face sad. down? Yep. And his face was busted open. When I was watching it, I was like, yo, really? You had to go get color this early? Come on, man. Then I they zoom in a little more. I go, well, I don't think that's getting yourself color. I think you actually, you got hurt. Yeah. And then when I was watching Wrestle Kingdom, like halfway through, I ended up seeing a tweet and I sent it to you. His face was like half broken from yep. that. I was like, yeah, it's pretty fucking nasty. have to do another retirement. God damn. He is the Rolling Stones of wrestling. He looks like Adonis Creed. <laughs> I can't wait for the next one. Oh, All I right. know. It looks good. Mercedes Monet, which is your former Sasha Banks, comes to the ring. Dressed in a kimono robe, but also wearing what to me looked like the Statue of Liberty kind of headset or whatever. It was really off and weird. Her hair looked like it was blue with some fire in it or whatever. It was meh. It was weird. So I have to reference Cornette. On two things. First, the giant size of the set at Wrestle Kingdom. WWE should take note. Don't you? Like they bring the same set to WrestleMania, pretty much that they do to Payback or whatever pay per view that they're going to have. You know, like it's it's really make it a big spectacle. But also, only like half of what normally are at Wrestle Kingdom were at this show. Hmm. But what I'm going to reference is the same thing that he referenced. I know that in New Japan, they made it, you're not allowed to cheer. You have to wear your masks and you can't talk You or yell for your people. You can clap for them. And that's how you get them going. But they had seemed like they were getting away from it. And if you listen to Omega and Osprey, they're fucking cheering. I don't think they gave a shit about Sasha Banks. But what's weird <laughs> is that everybody is like, if you read, it's like this has been the highest grossing uh, New Japan numbers for Wrestle Kingdom to date or something like that. And they're like, it's because of the return of Kenny Omega and the uh, the debut of Sasha Banks. I'm like, mm, really, though? I don't think that's what made people buy that pay-per-view. If people were like, oh, I heard she's going to show up there. Okay, then fine. Yeah, you'll watch that the next day on online. But if you were going for the one match of Omega and Osprey, fine. But don't put Monet in there. I'm not calling her Monet. It's Monet. There's no T at the end. There is now. <laughs> oh, and you can bank on Monet. Horrible. Horrible. It was like, it, 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 it's like she was high as shit. It was Maybe like, she was. Harisane. 
hey, it was very chill. Hey, but I nailed I say it. The cool moments I like was that Bailey was there mm-hmm. uh, in the background, and so was Naomi. Go ahead. What you called, I agree. Yeah, I nailed. I said, I said she's going to come out after the match, and she's going to fucking go heel on Kyrie. That's exactly what she did. Uh, taking it to the next level, there's already discussions. Uh, you know, um, Soraya already picked a tag team partner uh, for her match yeah. coming up, and she picked Tony Storm, but. I think it's going to be Mercedes Monet. I think she's going to show up there. And you know what's funny is that uh, I watched that, and it was a very specific, calculated way that Soraya said she wanted Tony Storm to be her partner. She goes, and, I'm, and she goes, I've tagged with uh, Hikaru. She's been a, a staple. I've, I've tagged with Tony. She's great, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants to know who my partner is going to be. And it seemed like she was going to name anybody other than those two. And she goes, but I'm going to go with the real best that's out there. Tony Storm, you're going to be my partner. And then completely forgot Sheeta was there and she was looking all pissed off. Like, what the fuck? And I think maybe, maybe Monet does show up. And then you have Storm and Sheeta pissed off. I don't know. It was a weird thing, especially because it is being pushed that or said a lot now that she's going to be there. It was weird. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could almost have Sheeta take out Storm because she's pissed off and then thinking she'll take her place, but she doesn't because Monet shows up. I'll probably do something like that. But, eh, well, Kari, I, I will say, was likely of the two that botched it more than anybody. But the first move that Sasha Banks does in. A ring since being away from the ring is botch a move. I'm not saying it's on her, but yeah. it takes two to tango. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was not good. All right, Okada defeated Jay White. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to give that more credit, but they were the Triple H and Chris Jericho of Hogan and Rock. After Omega and Osprey went on right before him, crowd was spent. They didn't give a fuck. Right, they were just like. Get to the end. Do the Rainmaker. Yay, Rainmaker. <laughs> Tease it first, though. Yeah, exactly. 17 times. Hold on to the wrist. So, Omega and Osprey. Great, great match. Problem is, I think Cornette ruined it a little bit for me about certain things. How, you know, he tears off the turnbuckle. Then, after one move, that that should be the end of it. That's why you tear off a turnbuckle. I'm like, shit, that's kind of true, man. You're kind of... Fuck, you're ruining this match because I kind of liked it before listening to him talk. So that's why I don't want to talk about what he said. Uh, the match was really, really good. What we expect for both guys. Osprey took a fucking beating in so many ways. Yeah, he looked um, pretty beat up after I saw some pictures of that. Yeah, and one of the nastiest bumps I've ever seen. And it's it was like a... Almost kind of like a... What's Samoa Joe's move? I'm blanking right now. The spine buster. Muscle buster. Muscle buster. Did something to the effect of on the top rope. Both guys were on there, except Omega just kind of wasn't there and walked away from it. And Osprey put his head right on the most exposed turnbuckle there because it was gone or the corner. And then just started bleeding a lot. Great spot because I thought that he actually got busted open on it. And I was like, no, okay. So... During this, now United Empire comes to ringside. You got Jeff Cobb, everybody's there, and, and all in, in the way. Don Callis also gets involved. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, you have one of two options. You can watch the English version, or you can watch the Japanese version. If you choose 
to enjoy Omega versus Osprey, watch the fucking Japanese version. Okay. Don Callis, to me, we should have put him on the list last week of people who need to fucking go away. He sucks. The whole thing is him just sucking the dick of Omega. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't need that in a match like this right now. You know what I mean? Like, I, I we don't, you don't, Triple H wasn't on commentary during Michaels and Taker. You know what I'm saying? At, at, uh, at WrestleMania 25. Let this thing speak for itself and let the announcers do their job. But he gets involved and then starts bitching about Osprey throughout the whole match. I'm like, I don't like this. I stopped the mm. match a quarter of the way through and found the Japanese version. I was like, here we go. Okay, starting over. And then, <laughs> whatever I just said. And it, awesome. Way better version. I hate Don Callis. So, great match if you haven't had a chance to see it. Omega, Osprey. Japanese version. Now, coming out of this event, word is that WWE has been high on three names from New Japan. This isn't the first time that we've seen them do this after a Wrestle Kingdom. That's when uh, Styles, Anderson, Gallows, and Nakamura all took off to head to WWE. This one is interesting. You got Jay White, Hikaleo, and new never open weight champion, Tamatanga. You know, God, I think as much as I would not want to have Tonga go there because I like him when he's just open range, swearing, the guy can go on the stick. And that's kind of half the battle in WWE. You don't have to be a tremendous athlete as we've seen in some of these matches in WWE. Um, but he would do great there. Great looking wrestler fits into the bloodline storyline, and so does Hikaleo. And Jay White and Hikaleo are set to have a loser leaves town match. Hasn't been set win yet, but they're, I think it's probably going to be the same night that uh, Sasha Monet or Monet does the match against Kari or something like that. Um, I, <laughs> I think Hikaleo, surprisingly, I God. He looks good. I'm afraid of him going over to WWE and just getting lost in the shuffle like everybody else. Yeah. They'll fucking treat him like great Kali. Yeah, their uh, their roster is so massive and kind of hemorrhaging. It's hard to care about as many people as you want because they're just not going to get the exposure. And how much longer is the bloodline storyline going to go on anyway? Um. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, for our own gratification, Hikileo would be the one that we would, excuse me, want to see go because we don't want to see that happen to Jay White or Tamatanga. I mean, we don't want to see this happen to Hikileo either, but, I mean, of the, of the three, if they're going to ruin somebody, let it be the one we care about the least. If this was pre, or if this was at a time where I didn't have to worry about Vince McMahon coming back, I'd be like, hey, man, any three of them I think could do really well over there. You know, but... And everybody's like, oh, they ruined everybody. Okay, like at Nakamura, you can say they ruined, maybe. But do you know when he was on the way to the fucking ring to face Muda? They said 45 years old. He's Hmm. doing a good thing right now. Smart work. He doesn't have to work really hard grueling matches like you do in New Japan. He has to do... Rinse, rinse, wash, repeat that every day. You know what I mean? The same kind of match, especially on a tour. Same guy over and over. Yep. 
All you had to do is get hit in the dick a bunch of times against AJ Styles for a while. <laughs> Styles, people are saying he's having some of the better work of his career. Maybe. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. But did any did half of the world know who Carl Anderson was before he went there? I knew Luke Gallows, but I knew Carl Anderson through my little bit of journey with New Japan, but most people didn't know who the Good Brothers were. I didn't. Yeah. Exactly my point. So you could say that going there could be big or a big move for any one of them. However, I say stay where you're at. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, <laughs> speaking of not staying where you're at, the Jericho Appreciation Society showed up at the PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles, which is, you know, the big tournament. takes. Uh, they have a three-night setup, two nights of first and second rounds, and then your finals on the last night. And Bandito was there on one night, actually, uh, with a match, and I think he got hurt, actually. But the winner of the uh, finals was Speedball Mike Bailey against Konoski Takeshita. And I <laughs> I think everybody was pulling for, for Konoski because, obviously, just who he is. I mean, he's right. just everybody's in love with actually him. just saw uh, a piece of news i didn't forgot to put in here uh reportedly he's gonna start getting a push on aew Ooh, i'll take it i wonder you know what put him against tnt champion right now darby allen yeah I'm not saying right away but maybe have him get in that kind of road within the next six months um but yeah the jericho appreciation society showed up to the bola is what they call it and just funny seeing them all come out, just all dressed up together, and Hager had his fucking purple the hat. Purple oh, hat, this guy. Um, I don't know what to think of the name. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus officially have a tag team name, and I'm like ninety percent sure it's a porn site or some shit like that or so, a channel. <laughs> uh, to, to tell you how awesome this name is, I was maybe on Twitter, and there was a video that came up of it, and I saw the name of the team. I'm like, I'm not playing this video out in public. Because I, I, watching the video on mute, it looked like they just started chanting their new tag name in the bar. And I'm like, I'm not playing this. Fuck that. I'm all set. So the Banger Bros. Um, it's kind of like, what was the one in Mighty Ducks? Where they were the... God, I can't, and someone's going to correct me. In oh, uh, at some point. the Bash Brothers. The Bash, Bash Brothers? Brothers, right? Kind of reminded me of that. But the Banger Bros, I was like, you might as well be Team Brazers. Like, this was really weird. Like you just said, I didn't want to play this in public. I saw it, and I was like, that's got to be a joke. So I don't oh. know if it's because they like, because they're Irish and British, so or, or Scottish and Irish, so ah, bangers, bangers. like Bangers and Mash. <laughs> it's still sausage. It's still sausage, though. But do they... All right, I'm stopping. Okay, that's yeah. I already had enough questions going out of this last weekend of a story that I heard. Yeah, know. as long as they don't film a promo on the side of a truck, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> we could write our name in the snow in a different way. See, probably wouldn't show up. <laughs> um, so cool news: Money in the Bank this year is going to emanate from the O2 Arena in London on July 1st. That, to me, tells me that you could be doing... All right, look at it. O2 is where they did Clash of the Castle, I believe. Maybe. I don't remember. O2's no. A- uh, yeah, I think it was. 
So, to me, they, they put on Gunther and Sheamus. You had Roman and Drew. Drew singing along with uh, Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury so for no fucking reason. I don't <laughs> think they remembered to pull the plug. I think you could have a really big Money in the Bank moment here. Yeah, you could. You could. Just don't pull the trigger that night on anybody. Don't like, you know, as soon as they win it, they are in the main event that night and someone takes over. You've done it too many times. Just yeah. give them the one big pop. We'll take it. Work on making other pops. So did you see the funny top and bottom video comparison side by side of Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss legit almost reenacting Scary Movie 3's fight between Regina King, I think is her name. Was she the one that was in Scary Movies? Couldn't tell you. Sure. And what looks to be Samara, the girl from The Ring. Mm. And they're fighting. There's a part where she holds her head and she's swinging at her. But then as soon as she pulls away, she does a spin kick. They did it purposely. It was almost like when Punk and Darby Darby did uh, One, Two, Three Kid and Bret Hart. Bret, yeah. They did that with this movie. But they did it with Scary Movie instead. Yes. Damn shame, because I really like uh, Bianca Belair, as you know. Um, but, but, I mean, hey, I mean, you're going to do a nod. It's funny. However, Alexa has been very possessed recently, so I'm going to at least give that as a fun nod. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair, no, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. At best. Yeah. So, no use of me asking you if you've watched anything, because you have darts. Um, but I, I will say a couple of great things that happened out of Dynamite this past weekend, or this past week. I didn't know until Thursday, but this is great. Justin Roberts gets on the mic. We're going live in about 10 minutes, everybody. And do you want to hear from your AEW world champion? MJF gets on the, the big screen there. Seattle, you guys are a bunch of losers. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but you know what? To make you guys uh, whatever. I don't know. what I can't even recall what it was. He goes, how about just watch this clip? And it's the Patriots versus Seahawks final seconds of the Super Bowl where they throw the interception and everyone erupts in the hugest of boos. And I go, smart, because you need the crowd to boo the fuck out of him later on because it was him and Danielson in the ring. You need them to be pro-Danielson in every way. God, it was so awesome. Great heat. He's the man. Oh, it was so good. But you can't use that on real live TV because you'd have to pay rights to NFL or or you can't even use the footage. The fact that they did it there, just threw it up on YouTube or whatever. Oh, fantastic work. Um, So speaking of, Brian Danielson and MJF have a chat that went on quite some time. And, you know, MJF being the heel and digging in at Brian mentioning his concussions, things like that. Yeah, he said, what did he say? He said, if Dean Malenko and Lance Storm had a baby, it would be less boring than you or something like that. Fucking excellent line. That was so good. Um, I don't understand the importance of what February 8th is, but if you can win your match from now until February, every match from now until February 8th, you can have a match at full gear which is like March 7th, 8th or something like that. I was like, what? I don't, that's weird, yeah, I guess. That is but very weird. Okay. And Danielson says, well, if we do that, then I get to pick the stipulation of our match. And I was like, 
Here we go. Now I got to watch this fucking dude wrestle for eight weeks or however many this is about to be. And then we finally get to maybe hear the stipulation three, four weeks after that, you know. And he says, if I win, we're having a one-hour Iron Man match because I get to expose you. And I was like, I'm in. You got me. That's cool. Because now we know that, and he said, you line up anybody you want against me. We're going to see some good matches with him as well as, you know, MJF trying to fuck him over and he's going to win. I'm all for this. I'm for a good Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson push. And if you're gonna, if this is leading to a one-hour Iron Man match at Full Gear, totally on board. It's yeah. not gonna be a wrestling classic Iron Man match. It's gonna be a heel versus face Iron Man match. And I'm excited. This to me is Rock and Triple H Iron Man match. This isn't gonna be your Brett and Sean or your Lesnar and Angle. It's gonna be a good guy and a bad guy. All for it. Yeah, I'm on board with that one. And Danielson can run it. You know he can run that match. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. Yeah. It. Yeah. It, it, MJF will do very little yep. and doesn't need to, and that's the point. Um. So I, I'm I'm on board with that. And his first match is tonight on Dynamite against Takeshi Kaneske. Yeah. Yeah. A good match, dude. And they, what, each match has a 20-minute time limit. Mm-hmm. I bet you that's going to go about 15 to 18 easily. I could see it going pretty long. Yep. Oh, man, what happens if it draws? Nah, he won't draw. Never mind. I'm like, eh, fucking Tony Khan. Uh, so after Roman Reigns and Sami, Zo- Sami Zayn lost to Kevin Owens and John Cena the night before New Year's Eve, this past week on SmackDown, Roman got really pissed off and started berating Sami. So we are... Uh, we're getting in motion of what's going to be happening, and oddly enough, we are in Royal Rumble season. Don't say I did not tell you so. Darby Allen defeated Samoa Joe for the TNT title, and dude, this is the Darby I like. If you watch the match, he comes out like a speeding bullet, just going right at Joe. Uh, and it, there's more to this. And if you didn't watch it, you know, there's a guy that got a futures contract with AEW that Darby knows and has gotten him into training. Oh, is that weirdo? Yeah, but Joe, but Joe grabbed him right away as he was just walking by with the titles on the way to the ring. And that set Darby off and he did a dive at him. And from there ended up before now the match hasn't began. So now they're fighting and doing all this stuff. He grabs a giant ladder and does a huge leap off on Joe. Joe's the guy. Joe kept this guy safe. It was a really good match. I mean, I like their match that they had about, you know, maybe a month or two ago. This was better. And he won the championship to close out the first Dynamite of 2023. And it's funny. They're like, it's a new year, new look. The stage looks like pretty much a WWE fucking That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's just LED boards. and (laughs) Yeah. Good job. Um, oh, my God. I texted you this. <laughs> and there's edited versions all over the place. But John Moxley comes to the ring because Hangman Page is out there in his butterfly colored pants that Chew from Ladybugs would really love. And he comes out, I want to fight Mox, and I'm going to be ready next week. Let's ask the doctor. Yep, I'm going to do a, a I'm going to get tested. I'm ready to go. Moxley comes out, grabs the mic and starts cutting a promo. Crowd can't hear him. They start chanting, we can't hear you. And Moxley grabs. Okay, I need you to hear me. On, I'm going to really, really be specific on this, okay? I'm holding two different things in my hand so I can remember. Um, <laughs> he has the shitty mic in his left hand. And then 
goes over to Justin Roberts or whoever, hand me a mic. And he has one in his right hand now. He lifts the left and he goes, Seattle, no. And then he puts the right up. He goes, Seattle. So now you know what's on, right? And the crowd goes nuts. And I go, oh, cool, cool. And he goes to the rope and threw down the one in his right hand. The good one. And the whole crowd goes, oh. It was exactly like watching, uh, you give me the gun. You give me that envelope. Okay, we'll switch at the same time. From naked gun. Everybody starts slapping their head. It was exactly what happened. Everybody was like, God damn it. And then he finally gets the right mic and he goes, what the fuck? Jesus fucking Christ. And now he knows that he said fuck a couple of times on the mic and he just goes, hey, Seattle, go Seahawks. And they go, woo. He goes, all right, let's get back on track. And he starts that promo that he started and already said on the mic to all of us on cable, but just not to the arena because we could hear it. He has to start that all over and he is pissed off during, he literally, I messaged you, this is what I said to you. I go, bro. After it was all over and he dropped the mic and walked out of the ring, he jumped the barricade and made it past the entire first section before you hear ding, ding, hearing wild thing. I was like, he is pissed at whatever, all this. Oh, he just took off. But I got to be honest with you, man. I want to know what Moxley's thoughts on Punk and Paige are. If Moxley is playing the part this well, fine. I've seen him get in everybody's face. MJF, everybody. And, you know, I'm going to drink your blood and gargle your piss, man. All that kind of shit, you know. He actually was really in his face and being like, I'm going to teach you a real fucking lesson next week. And like, was like, but like real, like actually more into it than I've ever seen a Moxley interview. And I was like, I wonder if he himself, he's like, now you guys put me in here with this piece of shit that I've been having to deal with. He gets himself knocked unconscious, and and he's the reason Punk's gone. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it. I think I, no, I, I think I think you're on the right track here. Uh, you know, I think Moxley is good at just playing real. You know what I mean? But if I had to fathom a guess, even if Moxley doesn't care for Punk, which I think he does, that's just me guessing. I'm guessing he looks at Paige and says, look at this fucking bitch. Why did he ever hold the title? Why is he in this position? He should go piss off and continue to be a school teacher. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all that Moxley truly feels that way. So, yeah, he might have been feeding off of that. I, <laughs> I'd be curious to hear. And it's funny because I keep hearing these things that Jericho says that Punk and many, or many people like Jericho and himself, that no one wants Punk back in the locker room again. I'm like, man, I really hope you're playing kayfabe because for no reason whatsoever, why would Jericho be this way? I don't get it. I'm like, he's a touch hole, man. I don't. Yeah, because everybody I keep hearing about, though, is like, Punk took the time to stop and talk with me. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs did an interview. Exactly. Yeah, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's, eh, I I don't, I'm trying not to hold too much weight to it. Um, Jericho does On main event, if you had true, if uh, if you didn't know, main event actually still is on WWE. I don't even know. I think it's an online show. Maybe. Probably. Hopefully. Um, but Shelton Benjamin, I saw only the video of it, received a standing ovation for his 20 years in the business. I was like, dickheads. There's so much great things you could have done with him for so many years. I've always wanted him to be... He was the Dolph Ziggler that, you know, like he he was the gold standard, legit, and should have been a world champion at some point. Sure. And 
he made everybody look good on that roster all the time. Mm-hmm. And even when I mean, the best thing that they did was at least they put him in hurt business, had him tag champs with Alexander, which I, I liked. But now he's just back to nothing again, which right. sucks. I, I've always liked him. Uh, the acclaimed. I do got to go back to Dynamite. This is great. Not one, but two dusty finishes God, in one tag team title. I saw match. one of them. Well, <laughs> which one was it? The one with Aubrey coming in with her. Yep. Bright, 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 bright. Wait a minute, Wilbur. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was rude. She, there was that, but then there was also where uh, Jarrett got a pin after Singh Kali got involved, whatever. Um, all Singh Kali could do the entire time, this dude is fucking nine feet tall and keeps just... <clears throat> flipping people off. That's it. He just kept putting his hands up and flipping them off. That's it. And he was at the, I saw him up the ramp and he was still just holding his hands in the air, flipping people off. I was like, that's the most I've seen this dude do since he actually got into AEW. Yeah, I know. Right. And I'm sorry. Punk is a weird cancer to the locker room. He wasn't good for TV. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Tonight they are debuting from the forum in Los Angeles and they're coming at you hard, man, because Last week, all the promos were in purple and gold. So, you know, a nod to your Lakers at the forum. And tonight is match seven, which will probably close the show if I had to put money on it, um, you know, for the trios. And that's the Escalerte de Muerte with Death Triangle and Elite. Yeah, I said it yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the idea. But we do get Mox versus Page tonight. <clears throat> and hopefully that'll be another concussion. And we get Danielson versus Take a Shitta. Exciting stuff. There, there's some exciting stuff. I, again, Paige, I am just so over it. And, you know, and we've talked about. Well, I've Moxley. been over him for a while. Yeah, we've talked about Moxley, even he can get a little stale sometimes. I just hope he beats the shit out of Paige. I really, I really hope that's what happens. Uh, and again, Danielson and Takeshita should be a, should be uh, a solid match. I hope it goes close to the distance. I mean, think about it this way: What if Danielson loses the first match? Now, that's not going to happen, but just imagine that from a booking perspective. You got to win all your matches. MJF just everybody's going to be really pissed off. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Sniffing the Adderall. Oh my God, let's have him lose tonight. Oh God. <laughs> the table has a lot of Adderall on it. Ooh, that's a fucking transition. Just bring it, bitch. Even better with your transition, I have something that kind of transitions with that too. White. <laughs> but it's Jay White. Not the white on the table that you were doing. No, I got you. Um, okay, I, I spell things out. Look, at, I have to put Jay White's name to my brain to the table this week because I actually think he is a hidden gem. For if anybody is a wrestling fan and wants to see a heel going... Just to, to just straight to his character. Same thing. It's he is the MJF of New Japan. He doesn't do fun. He's never been a good guy. He's been bad since the day he came in there, and gets booed by the crowd, which is great. Leader of Bullet Club, and I think people have been sleeping on him. He was four in four to one in a series of matches with Kazuchika Okada. Tell me the last person that beat Okada four times. Uh, I, I couldn't. E- yeah. Right? And Omega only got him once, yes. twice, twice, if you count the twice. G1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And with Jay White, I mean, here going all the way back to the first time I saw him would have been Wrestle Kingdom 10. I'm pretty sure it was 10. Nakamura's last night. Mm. And Styles last night. Jay White faced off against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And that was the first time that everybody saw the Switchblade and who the Switchblade was. Because he was a young lion. And then he went and did some stuff in Ring of Honor, Impact, and then came to New Japan ready to go as the Switchblade. The very next night at New Year's Dash, he joined Chaos, led by Kazuchika Okada. And seconds later, turns on him, revealing that he is in Bullet Club. They have been doing this for seven years. This is, it, like... He has been Okada's biggest adversary, a biggest opponent in the last seven years. I mean, yeah, you got Omega and everything, but I'm talking longevity, real rivalry. This has been the one. And I think everybody's sleeping on Jay White, unfortunately. And I think he's great. Just That's who I want to bring to the table this week. Unfortunately, I feel so bad for him and Okada. They had to follow up a really, really good match with Omega and Osprey. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention this. Not only did Osprey get busted open, but Omega... He received an extremely hard kick to the face at one point, and his eye started swelling shut. Oh, shit. Yeah, again, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the whole strong style. You want to see hard hitting. Fucking watch New Japan, man. These guys lay in their shit, that's for sure. And I saw, you know, some they of the clips hit. and those v It's not the, the Dark Order punches on Dustin Rhodes that we saw in Dynamite. Oh, that my I was like, God, why are you punching the mat? That was the worst. That was the worst. <laughs> Oh, my God. What do you got? Oh, shit. I just read it. That's funny. Yeah, Weekly Cornette Reference. And, and you know, it, it's actually, I shouldn't even call it that. I should just call this the Jim Cornette Plug. Because uh, I'm going to plug his show. Uh, over the holidays, you know, they took a break and they do what they call their omnibus specials. So it'll be a compilation, you know, theme based, right? So they did yep. getting inside the, the omnibus for getting inside the mind of Jericho. It was just all segments of them talking shit about Jericho. Uh, they do commercials during each show, and they usually derail and just turn into bits where they're lucky to get that sponsor back because Cornette just goes on some rant. They had a whole omnibus about that. Uh, but they had one that they was... they ever have Blue Chew? Uh, I don't think they had Blue Chew, no, uh, but Manscaped. I know that, I know that uh, uh, what's-his-name had it, uh, Bruce Pritchard. Oh, okay. And I was like, Blue Chew, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? Um <laughs> But one of the omnibuses was funniest moments, and it was great because when those two those two are like us, that where they have the rapport, right? They know how to get each other laughing, and when they start laughing, it's genuine, and it's just good just to get that natural laughter when you're just sitting there listening to something, and all of a sudden you start cackling because you can't help it. Um, some of the things that they talked about on this omnibus was Nikki Bella not knowing that Vader was dead during the Hall of Fame. God, so you know, I'm really excited to, to hear from Vader tonight. Oh, my God. Shit, I forgot about that. Thanks so much for reminding me of that. They just they read through uh, a whole list of Hulk Hogan's lies, like every lie yeah. that he's ever told. <laughs> um, they, they had one where Brian last had just watched. It was Jade Cardgill's uh, debut. That whole segment with Shaq and Brandy oh, and Jesus. Dustin, he was talking about it. It was the it was the clip was from the night the the next day, and he's talking about it. he's like, who he, told you this is open mic night? He goes, it was the most eloquent car crash ever. He goes, <laughs> he's like, it was the greatest AEW segment ever. Um, 
Um, Cornette had a list from back when he was in WWF, and it was Russo's booking sheet. And he just read it, and it was just, it was awful. I was talking about the Patriot was going to join Furnace and Lafon and join an anti-American stable was one of the ideas. Um, bro, t- we're going to have him get against America, bro. He talked about the elite. He was using the phrase elite, which was kind of creepy. And he had something on there that actually ended up happening. Naturally, I can't remember it. Um but then there, there was a one funny part he was talking about. He had a letter that Todd Pettengale sent um, Kevin Dunn. And it was Pettengale not being told by McMahon that he had to give a ride to Sonny from Jersey to New York for, like, Saturday Shotgun. And he wrote a letter saying he didn't want to do it because she flirts too much. And he was just being a nebbishy loser. It was fucking great. And Cornette calling it out. He called him Todd Petting Zoo. yo and he acted so creepy on the thing like hey hold it a little lower i want to see your boobs you know when he was doing like the the giveaway the the giveaway but he's like no i i i can't ride with her i'm gonna (laughs) it's gonna be the parenthood scene so apparently do you remember (laughs) do you remember when they did the giant tickle me elmo on uh that that was pettingale in the suit <laughs> so she sexually harassed him. I mean, hey, side of a truck, inside the who truck, had- who cares? Now, if there were three other guys there, I still probably would have stayed in line Jesus. if it was Sonny. See, you're confusing people. <laughs> That's perfect. We know what we're talking about. Uh, fair enough. <clears throat> Hidden track. So, anyway, I got to be honest, man. I, it's funny about the weekly cornet reference. We should just have a bumper that goes, weekly cornet reference, motherfucker. <laughs> and then just whatever we heard recently. And, you know, it's funny, actually, MJF even uh, mentioned Jim Cornette in his promo against Danielson. He's like, I'm loved by the following people. And, started naming, and he goes, and Jim Cornette, crowd lit up. <laughs> Bro, here's the other thing, too. If you listen to Cornette enough and you watch MJF's promos, you'll... See, you'll hear M- MJF won't explicitly say something, but you'll hear him say something where Cornette was like, well, he's good because he does this and not this. Or those guys suck because they do this and not this. And MJF will follow his advice, whether he's just that way or he just wants to give him a, a, a subtle shout out like, bro, I respect you. And if you're telling me that this is what I need to do, then that's what I'm going to do. Because let's be honest, man, he really is like one of the true... You know. Which you're right because he did. He was like, "Well, MJF had an issue where he was getting out of his shirt this week. And he's like, he needs to do whatever." Yes. And the following week, he yes. took like 14 to 20 seconds trying to take a fucking shirt that off. That was and one I was of like, them, huh? And that, and you're right. I remember that, and I was like, that was a, a that was a a nod to Cornette. Mm-hmm. I love that he does that. Good Absolutely. For yep. Well, you know what? Speaking of MJF. He's not the guy. But let's have let's talk about our wrestler of the week. You know, a lot of people think history is just facts. It's just information about the past. I know a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't here in a classroom hoping I was right, thinking about it. Well, pussies like you! We're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to my goddamn Beatle albums! Oh! Oh! Hey, hey, Professor, take it easy, will you? I say reference to MJF because, to me, for the longest time, he was the bad boy. He was the biggest heel 
that was staying true to himself. You're hearing the music. There ain't nobody realer than Gorilla. I'm talking about the bad boy turned good, Tomatonga. And that's what he is now. He's a good guy, which is kind of... It's I don't like it. <laughs> I like him winning and stuff, and I. But I'm like ah, I like the old guy. It was like we're gonna fucking kick your ass. Like yeah, he was, he was better. He didn't hold back ass. anything, right? Um, born, you know, obviously, everybody thinks that he is a part of the uh, Anoa'i family, but it's not. He is under the Tonga name, and that is where you have Haku. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that he is. The actual son of Haku, he is the adopted son. But that was his uncle. So for whatever case and reason, whatever happened family-wise, his aunt and her husband, which happened to be Haku, adopted Tamatanga and his brother, which is uh, Trevita. And we all know him as Tungaloa, real-life brothers. And then through this marriage, they all end up having... A little brother that comes along. Can you guess what his name is? Hikileo, Hikileo. That's right. Uh, learning a little bit about him, I was kind of shocked to see. Didn't know this, but he spent six years in the U.S. Air Force. Did you know that about Tamatanga? I did not. Right? I was like, okay, I'm kind of impressed right now. Um, but they were also playing college football, both guys, him and, and uh, Tavita as well as trying to become wrestlers. They were trained by the Dudley Boys and, of course, Haku. I mean, of course. And even training under Carl Anderson and Jado from New Japan. And they spent the early part of their careers. uh, They did start in New Japan uh, in 2010. During that time, they hit a couple of the indie scenes with WWC and WXW. But when they got into... New Japan. He was under the name Tamatanga, and he was in the Super Junior Tag Tournament, and he was teaming with Davey Richards. Him and his brother uh, Tangaloa didn't show up till a little bit later in uh, in New Japan. But at this time, I think it actually even more shocked me. This guy was in Super Juniors. You know, I'm like, to me, he's always been a big guy. But you go back and look, and he was. As skinny and small as like a James Ellsworth at one point. You know what I mean? But he was great. He's always been a... a... Okay, here's what I want to say. What I love about New Japan. Guys who are always in your super juniors and your junior division go to your heavyweight division. You always see them bulk up. Kenny Omega was there. Kenta was there. Finn Balor was there. Nakamura was there. Fucking Okada was there. Everybody has been there at some point. So it's kind of cool to see that that's your stepping stone. Sure. And you have to pay your fucking dues. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes right to the main event every time. I just find that to be uh, important, I think. Um, the biggest part of his career came in the beginning of 2013. He, after competing at Wrestle Kingdom 7, uh, you know, kind of still on the good guy side, but nobody's really cheering him at this point. And one night after... Let's see, who was in the in the ring? This was Carl Anderson facing Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestling Dantkaku in 2013. Prince Devitt and Bad Luck Folly went running to the ring, followed by Tamatanga, helping Carl Anderson beat the living shit out of Tanahashi. And here are your four 
OG members that become the Bullet Club. It's funny how many people's stories are, you know, who formed and who was there in the beginning. These are your four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through the next couple of years, all they did was just really run the table on everything. Whether it was the six-man tag team championships, the uh, tag team championships, of course, where he was not only tag champs with Carl Anderson at one point, but also, of course, with his brother, Tangaloa. I would say around 2016, 2017, this is probably when you and I are really getting introduced to him as well during Dominion, things like that. And we're seeing him face off against some of New Japan's greatest wrestlers. Uh, to me, one of my favorite moments for Tamatanga is I, I've played it here before and I didn't want to play it again because I don't want to repeat sound clips. But had I thought that I was going to be using this guy as a wrestler of the week, maybe I would have thought better. But his. G1 uh, interview where all the guys are on the stage. Everybody is going to say why they're going to win the G1 Climax. He goes, I don't give a fuck about this thing, man. Bullet Club, we run this fucking place. I don't give a fuck about this tournament. Do it worldwide and then I'll give a shit. God damn, he was good on the mic, man. And and he still is. Uh, And then after that, not only do they win the... Him and uh, Tangaloa win the Tag Team Championships in 2019... They are now a part of a huge match that, to me, completely fucked because of Enzo and Cass. You had the G1 Supercard at MSG. You had four tag teams. And it was a winner-take-all tag team title match. I think PCO was in there with someone else. I can't remember who, but you had Gorillas of Destiny, the Briscoes, and, and one other team. They enter as the IWGP Tag Team Champions. And then they leave also with the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Why aren't you remembering this much? Because everybody was too busy worrying about Enzo, Cass, and all that bullshit. Yep. The interview afterwards, if you watch, he is pissed. Because only so many people were in on what was going on during that whole thing. And you know what? Listen right here. Here's what else is bullshit. We had an agreement in this match, but just like anything else, it's fucking wrestling. You just don't believe what you're told. So here's what's gonna happen. I don't give a fuck about the ROH guys. I don't give a fuck about the motherfuckers that just came into the end of the match and fucking took our glory. We won the titles tonight. The title match, title versus title. You know what else is bullshit? I work for free tonight. Look at this garbage. Piece of shit. Nobody gives a fuck about no ROH. Huh? We handled y'all. Every one of y'all. That was easy. <laughs> I'm surprised that some of y'all that lost had so much energy to do another battle with somebody else. <laughs> there wasn't even in our match that came in after he just did a match before us. So the fact that you guys that brought out our match tells me something. Tells me one thing. You motherfuckers ain't on New Japan level. That's a fucking promise. Huh? You t- fucking old ass retired dudes. Yeah. Fuck y'all. Huh? 
fuck all y'all. <laughs> that tells me you didn't put your fucking best at our match. You saved energy for that bullshit. Huh? After our match. But let it be known. We're double champs. Huh? IWGP. Heavyweight tag team champs. And the ROH. Bullshit tag belts. Champions. That shit was easy. Throws the fucking belt, the Ring of Honor belt, across the room. Still holding the IWGP title. Pissed off. Because they all went in business for themselves. Whatever the plan was, whatever was going on, you didn't let the winners of the match know. It completely overshadowed that they just won that. Mm -hmm. The gratifying part is they had what I feel is one of my favorite feuds in tag team history. It was a, not a best of three purposely, but it ended up being... Three matches between the Briscoes and the Gorillas of Destiny during the summer of 2019 uh, for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. Having a ladder match and no DQ matches. I mean, it's the Briscoes. We've seen what they've done in the last several years with FTR. Well, they were doing it with G.O.D. long before that. And from there, you know, I mean, still keeping himself as a now seven-time IWGP champion, uh, tag team champion, as his brother, Tongaloa, recently got hurt. He's been on the biggest singles push of his career. Now, we've seen him go good guy, bad guy. He was a part of the Omega and Cody feuds a little bit, but it, that was their feud, and he was playing a part. Right. Supporting cast. Exactly. But what's big is that this past year, or yeah, last year, Jay White, turned on Tama Tonga, kicking him out of the Bullet Club. And Tonga said, you guys are either with White and Club, or you're with me. Tonga Loa is the only one who's really obviously with him. Hikaleo turned on him for a minute, and then now resided with him again. But the man's on his own, but he's been teaming with the likes of Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii, you can't tell me this guy is not on to something big coming soon. And now, just this past week, a week ago today, wins the never open weight championship from Carl Anderson. Yeah, I, I did mock a little bit into his uh, the ending of it. But it's right. only because I'm like, it, as I said to you, actually, this is one thing I didn't reference earlier, but I said it to you. As Bully Ray said after that triple threat main event between Lynch, Rousey, and Flair. All they'll remember is the ending. Yep. 100%. All they remember is the finish. Unfortunately, it's all I remember with that never open weight championship match. Um, listing down some of his, you know, accomplishments. He's a Ring of Honor tag team champion, a New Japan tag team champion with never open weight six man tag team championships. Um, and, of course, now a two time never open weight singles champion. Um, also winning the World Tag League in 2020 with his brother, Tongaloa. Okay, now we talk the professor's match of the week. If I'm going to reference any match personally, again, I just <laughs> maybe you should watch how good at the G1 Supercard they were in the four-way. The most solid, fluent tag team. Evil and Sonata, that was a New Japan team. There was ah. two New Japan teams, two Ring of Honor teams. One was PCO and one other fucking guy, but the, the rest I have. So I got... <laughs> Almost everybody in the match, seven out of eight. Um, the most fluent tag team, maybe because they're brothers, maybe because they're not. I don't know. But I mean, Briscoes are good, but G.O.D. to me has been just a very phenomenal tag team. 
And I think it sucks because if you watch the match and how dominant they are and they end up winning the four-way tag team winner-take-all title match, it just sucks. Enzo and Cass came and fucked it up. But if you get a chance to watch it, it's one of my favorite matches watching those guys besides Briscoes and uh, G.O.D., but I've referenced those and probably suggested it a million times already. So uh, this week's wrestler, Damatanga. Now, let's take a trip in the DeLorean and go to January 12th, 1998. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Raw and Nitro. Take it away, ODM. All right. We'll start with Raw as we typically <laughs> do on non-pay-per-view weeks. Um, this is the go-home show for the Royal Rumble. It opens up with DX and a limo. They're on their way to State College. That's Penn State, if you're unfamiliar with that. Uh, they're just making jokes. you Yeah. Boo. They. <laughs> oh, fuck you. You know, you're like, later on tonight, you're going to go, that was good. That boy is good. <laughs> good and terrible. They're on their way to State College in the limo. They're talking about all the college chicks. Uh, it's great. Triple H goes, woo! <coughs> oh, my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> nice little dig at Flair there. Um, they're just running down Owen. And then if you're not familiar with this, this is one, another one of the famous DX segments that they like to use. Uh, Shawn Michaels decides to give new meaning to the term moonroof. Undoes his pants and climbs up through the moon roof and lets everybody know what his ass looks like. You notice his dick was facing China, by the way. <laughs> I almost said something really <laughs> fucked up and I'm just not. Yeah, we, we can move past it. Anyway, they tease that they're going to be doing the Royal Rumble drawing tonight. And uh, we get our first match of the night. First ever, by the way. First, Oh, really? Is it? That's well, what they said. They don't normally at this point we never know who has what, but tonight's the first time they're going to do the drawing um, before the Royal Rumble because they make it seem like it happens just an hour before the show, right? I mean, that's how they kind of kayfabe it. So just I, I like this one because in the latter years of the Royal Rumble, they had fun with the numbers. Mm. Like you win and you can be in number 30. Um, Eddie Guerrero stealing Ric Flair's number. Yeah. You know, like things like that. Like it became a big thing later on. Right. 
before it was just like, well, fuck them. You got three. Let's see if you can last. You know, and they just kind of went with it. But this, I kind of like that it was like, it became a storyline, is my point. Yeah, I don't think it goes very far for this year, but we'll get there when we get there. First match of the night, uh, it's a four corners match. They never really say if it's for the tag titles. They kind of allude that it is, but it's Truth Commission versus Headbangers. Versus Godwins versus New Age Outlaws. Uh, again, they're in Penn State. Outlaws come out wearing Florida University shirts, which is great. Cheap heat, but they're also from Florida. Uh, so that kind of helps. Or at least one of them is. I think Road Dog is. Um, yeah. I am hating Road Dog more and more. Oh, God. What a twat. Any form of an interview. What a fucking twat. Fuck, fuck he is that killing dude. Me. Fuck that dude. It's making me not want to watch each one of the segments in 98 right now. Yeah. I'm not shitting you. Every time I see him, I'm like... See, right here, man, you are all right. But right now, you are the biggest brown nose up oh, dude. the ass of so many people. It's weird. 100%. 100%. You know, quick side note for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. His latest comments were on FTR. He was on a podcast, and he was talking shit. Oh, oh, well, you know, I, I was making lots of money. I was, I was selling lots of merch, pulling in, you know, lots of money. Uh, and these guys are just making the boys pop. Um They're way better wrestlers in their sleep than you ever were. You never really were. A great wrestler. So, do you want to know what my biggest pop was ever for the New Age Outlaws? Ever? What they're gonna do to Cactus and Chainsaw Charlie? Yeah. yeah. Coming up, pretty much. That's it. Even joining DX, I'm like, eh, okay. I was more for X Pac coming back, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. All right, you know, let's it's bringing people back and turning the the heel or you know turning the the table. And him talking about Bischoff, that was cool. I like it. Bischoff, they were never. You suck, pal. They were never. <laughs> That's a good one, pal. But he, uh, neither of them drew anything. There's never like anybody was like, I'm tuning in each week for the New Age Outlaws. And if you were, it was just you're like, an Enzo. He's an Enzo. He's yeah. fucking Enzo. You're a goddamn catchphrase. Road Enzo. Ro- all right, so Road Enzo and Billy Gunn. Oh, wait, hang on. Daddy ass. <laughs> yeah, daddy ass. Scissor me, daddy. Uh, well, Gunn gets a quick pin, and they just powder with the titles, and they head to the back. After that, we had a quick video package on LOD. Uh, their trials and tribulations lately losing the titles to the Outlaws. They're going to be facing them at the Royal Rumble for the tag titles. Turning to alcoholism. We are <laughs> we're in the back of the parking lot waiting for the DX limo to pull up, but instead we get Stone Cold in his truck. Um, it's fucked up because he's already taken out the Godwins. They say, you know, during the break, uh, after the match, Austin took out both of the Godwins with stunners. Uh, we hear Austin's music hit. He pulls up right next to the stage, goes into the ring with Cole. It's a promo about the Rumble, and... Uh, Cole asks him, you're a marked man. He goes, that's a stupid question. You got a pen, and he just draws a target on his chest. Says, anybody's got a problem with that, bring your ass out here. I feel like that's something I would have done. You know what I mean? (laughs) And people would just be like, boo. (laughs) It's a target. Shoot at it. Okay. (laughs) And if you don't know what I just drew on my chest. (laughs) Uh, next, we get DX limos. Uh, DX is limo pulling up. Uh, it's teased that he has a major. They have a major announcement regarding Taker's family. Uh, then we get a, a quick uh, video package on Taker, Shawn Michaels casket match coming up. Uh, they get out of the limo and they see there's a, a truck blocking the entrance. So China and Shawn Michaels get out to find out whose truck it is and how they can get it out of the fucking way. After that, we cut to Kurgan 
versus Jimmy Cicero and Lance Diamond in a handicap match. Who do you think wins? I already have it saved as easily match of 98, by the way. Yeah, oh, 100%. Uh, they had a Penn State football helmet on the announce desk, and Kurgan crushed it with his hands. It was like, it was almost as gimmicked as the ladder that Brian Cage ripped in half and didn't look nearly as good. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. I still love it. It's I, almost as bad as wait, who was it recently? I think it was, it was Jade Cargill. It was Jade Cargill. Was it Jade Cargill that apart before, to rip something it that was already apart, broken? It, it fell apart before she could get to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the kendo stick, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. She went to look like she was going to break it, and then all of a sudden you're like, "That's two sticks that she just separated with her knee." <laughs> um, we go back to the limo, and Owen Hart fucking scurries up the hood of the limo, crawls in through the moonroof, and starts beating the shit out of Triple H. Uh, but Shawn Michaels and China jump back in, and they drive off. Next, we get Marrow versus Vader. Marrow gets on the mic. The mic isn't working. Thank God for small miracles. <laughs> Jim Ross goes, well, I think he's trying to introduce Sable, so why don't we just introduce Sable? <laughs> it's great. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to get right to it, just get right to it. <laughs> just get right to it. Sable starts walking out, and as she's walking out, I look, I go, I don't remember Sable having a tattoo there or being that thick. And I, oh, dear God. <laughs> we went from blackface to cross dressing. So, it's gold dust dressed as Sable. Some things you can't unsee, bro. At one point, Goldust grabs Vader's leg. Marrow hits a low blow. Sable comes out. Goldust pushes her, and she gives him a little sidekick. Marrow drags her off. Vader takes advantage. Goldust interferes using a coconut that was one of his tits, breaking it over his head. <laughs> yes, you heard me correctly. And I hope that was coconut water that went everywhere. <laughs> I'm just trying to decide which best phrasing could be used for the name of this episode so far. <laughs> coconut titties. Use his coconut tit. <laughs> we go. We go back to the DX, <laughs> DX. The DX limo comes back. They get out. Owen's nowhere to be seen. Get a quick. We get our slam of the week. The only reason I bring it up is because apparently there's been no good wrestling lately. Because the slam of the week is Bam Bam Bigelow shoving Lawrence Taylor at the '95 Rumble. Jesus Christ, they went three years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Our slam of the week. Not this week. Yeah. Not, not this, this year. month. Not even this year. Not even last, not last year. year. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I even caught that. I think I was just like, oh, they're. I don't think I took it as a, a slam of the week. I took it as here's a Royal here's Rumble, a Royal Rumble moment. Right. So did I. But then they fucking put up the graphic. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, we go backstage. That's like record-breaking, chart-topping each week. <sighs> yeah, I guess Casey so. Casey Kasem-style kind of shit, man. Yeah, it's like Mr. Brightside being on the UK charts for like five, ten years straight. Anyway. Such a good song. It is a good song. Uh, backstage, we see Austin's taking out Vader now. Next, we get The Rock and D'Lo with Kama Mustafa versus Ken Shamrock and Mark Henry. Uh, Mark Henry's music is straight out of Coming to America. I love every minute of it. I can't even do it. You know what I'm talking about, though. Wait, I know 100% what it is, but my question, 
My question is, uh, do you want to describe what Mark Henry is wearing? Mark Henry is wearing a t-shirt that says, Rocky sucks. In all red. All red. All red. Yeah. So, I'm not being funny. We have not seen a whole lot of Mark Henry. You just mentioned that last week. Mm Mm-hmm. And now Ken Shamrock is fucking tagging with the Kool-Aid man. Why does he need to be wearing the red shirt? I don't know. That thing could have been black shirt with white lettering, but it was just a giant. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. As this happened, I was like, oh, this is when. Yeah. Go ahead. Same here. Uh, yeah, Rock cuts a promo, you know. Solid one. He's making fun of uh, Mark Henry and, and Ken Shamrock. Shamrock uh, is in control towards the end of the match. He goes for the ankle lock. And then Mark Henry just comes in and hits him with a lariat. And then a power slam. Nation beats Shamrock down. Uh, Rock hits the rock bottom. Mark Henry counts three. Rock rips off Henry's Rocky Suck shirt. And he has a Nation of Domination shirt on underneath. Good shit. I like this turn. I mean, it was weird. It didn't. I don't think it really paid off because Mark Henry hasn't been on TV much at all. But still, um, for well, but what you're doing is introducing a new powerhouse mm-hmm. to your stable, right? To me, god damn, I, I they made him look strong. He beat the shit out of Shamrock, several big moves. And I was like, I thought it would just be like a te- uh, clothesline on once he down. I'm like, oh, okay, some no, nice Rocky's elbow drops, work. some nice yeah, elbow drops. I thought uh, got up there like high. Up high in the yep, yep, and. I thought Rocky was just going to take over and beat the shit out of him, but he was like, no, you got this. And he unloaded and it like, looked good, like fast-paced moving. And I'm sure you should. You know what I mean? Like if this is Henry's first real big moment, I mean, the biggest thing I've seen him do to date was pull the bottle of whiskey out of Jerry Lawler's hand oh at God, SummerSlam 96. Yeah. My point exactly. Wearing the biggest flag coat I've seen in my life. <laughs> Matching hat. Either way, uh, Farouk it, meets him at the top the of the beginning of, of Mark Henry, man. I, I forgot this. This is the big turn, man. I'm excited. Yep. Farouk Nizar. meets him at the top of the ramp. He's not happy. Uh, they cut a promo in the in the locker room afterwards. And Rock's like, hey, man, I did it all for you. So, <laughs> okay. <gasps> wow. And who would have thought maybe that's where Rikishi got it from years later? <laughs> I did it for The Rock. I did it for Farouk. All right, we're heading into the war zone. DX to the ring. Uh, they say Owen got the big flush. Triple H calls out all the sorority girls and just does a bunch of college jokes. Uh, Shawn Michaels brings up Mike Tyson. Triple H mocks his voice with the lisp. <laughs> Ballsy move. Ballsy move. Uh, you know in advance, there's no way they did that without being like, hey, I know you're coming here soon. Uh, is it okay if I mock this? <laughs> but Tyson's sir. fucking cool, man. Deep down, the one thing I love about him is he's always respected professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a fan of your Bruno San Martino's, Andre's, Gorilla Monsoon's. He was watching those guys. I'm a, a fan of Tyson. So I think he's always been cool if someone's going to fuck with him on that level. Right. Unless you're his opponent. Then he's going to eat your fucking children or bite your ear off. Pretty much. Yep. I love him. Yeah. Or sing in the air tonight, like in the hangover. <laughs> That's great. Wait a second. This is the best part. <laughs> do, 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 Wait, do, don't do, tell do, him do, I do, just do, made fun of him, though, because I'm not his friend. I don't think he's too concerned. 
Uh, yeah. So Owen comes up on the train. He interrupts. His face is all bloody. And he ends up coming out. He goes, hey, I'm standing. I'm ready. And I'll break your, your other leg, you gutless bastard. <laughs> the worst fake blood job ever on someone's face. It literally just looked like <laughs> just ketchup took a smeared brush. on his face. Just took a paintbrush. I'm like, yeah, here's a little <laughs> bit of red right here. Okay. Yeah. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Good luck in your in Las Vegas with your land of losers, Lafleur. Alliteration <laughs> aside, I'll see you there. <laughs> Touche. Next, we get Skull and Eight Ball. <laughs> There's a pirate on our team. All right, let's move on, please. Skull and Eight Ball versus Question Mark. We get a recap of Corny debuting the NWA North American title last week. Uh, Corny comes out and he says, I want to introduce the greatest tag team in NWA history. It's the Rock and Roll Express. Noise. I feel like this in 98 is like they could redo this right now where Cornette shows up with a bunch of South wrestling kind of people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like in the fact that he's doing it in 98 and everyone is treating it like they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. It would kind of go over the same way today, but maybe even better. It was just, it's, Watching it, I'm like, I'm literally watching in 98 what I'm hearing in 2023 mm-hmm. on his podcast. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, he's just cutting the same promo. I mean, whatever he says today basically rang true back then. Just a Oh, they're paying different. me to say what I feel. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, Corny joins commentary at one point. He goes, hey, wait a minute. That was an illegal move. And he goes in. He interferes with the racket. Ref catches him. They call for a DQ. Uh, he turns around, walks right into eight ball, clocks him. Uh, but Morton hits uh, eight ball with the racket, beat down ensues, and then Chains comes in and runs him off. Yep. Next, we get Cactus Jack uh, with a pre-record from earlier in the day. He's at the uh, Penn State Football Arena. Uh, he puts over Terry Funk. And he, and he says, you know, after going to war with this man, we're, we're cl- I found myself closer to him than anybody. Henny goes, he goes, and if a friend of mine like Terry Funk wants to wear pantyhose and call himself Chainsaw Charlie, well, that's his decision. It's stupid, but it's his decision. <laughs> it's basically what he says. So I like that they're calling that out. It's kind of like you and me being friends. <laughs> yeah, something like, like that. He makes a lot of stupid decisions, but yeah. fuck it. If he wants to do that, I'm going to let him do it. Yeah, thankfully one of them's not putting each other through uh, barbed wire and exploding tables. Like to keep it that way. I will be once the Bills win the Super Bowl. <laughs> there you go. Not me. I'll be Not putting me. someone yes. through it. Little Hopefully John. Hopefully, little John. Little John. Oh yeah! Shout out to little John. Little thanks John. for thanks for the research, buddy. Appreciate you. He sent me some stuff. Research. What telling us how wrong we were on something? No, else? no, no. Re- research. <laughs> no, no. There was one. I, I. Oh, when I said. Gabe Stevenson. He's like, it's Gabe Stevenson. I'm like, yeah. well, he's not on fucking TV. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we get Mankind versus Dude Love. No, it, it's Goldust dresses Dude Love. So uh, two outfit changes in one night. Not bad. Uh, Austin just runs in, hits a stunner on both of them, takes the headset, said, oh, hell yeah. Uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy until after this rumble. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, which used to be the theme song for uh, Corny's podcast. It was. It was. Next, we get Vince backstage. He's talking about Tyson being invited as a guest to the Royal Rumble. Uh, they're still negotiating, but on Raw next week, Tyson will be there for a huge announcement. I can't wait because I know you know what it is, and I know I know what it is. Can't wait. He's going to eat some with children. He's going to tear the heart out. Close. <laughs> 
I'm going to make them orphans. Yeah, you are you aware they have a mother? Do you say yeah. make an orphan? <laughs> I'm going to make his children orphans. You aware that they oh. have a mother still? Yes, but I'd imagine she'd die of grief. That's a that's a Simpsons reference from their Mike Tyson lookalike. Never mind. Moving on. Next slide. Hey, kids. You want to come around and hear about something from 1974? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. Sunday comes to the I, ring as your... You... I like your Simpsons references because... Yeah. I'm not as big a Simpsons fan I know. as I should be. Yeah. No, well, that's fair. Is it, is it should that's should fine. be. I can fill you in. Sonny. Bigger fan of Banger Bros. Sonny. <laughs> I think you're confusing that with something else. <laughs> <laughs> am i (laughs) do do you get a free subscription to that at the airbnb (laughs) the banger bros network Uh every Drew McIntyre and Seamus Mash ever. Okay. Yeah, maybe not. Well, speaking of that, Sonny comes to the ring as your guest uh, POV style. announcer. She's dressed as a Penn State cheerleader. <laughs> I wonder if she got to meet Mike Tyson. Moving on. I'm sure. I'm sure he was in her. <laughs> Him and the whole entourage, probably. Anyway, next we got Savio Vega. You realize you just kissed everybody at the party? <laughs> <laughs> you realize you just kissed everybody in the roster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Probably. Probably. She announces the next match at Savio Vega and Jesus Castillo versus Taka Michinoku and Scott Taylor. Uh, at the, Savio tries to lift Sonny's skirt as she's announcing. Jim Ross. I'm sorry. King. Lawler. Line of the night. I'm not embarrassed to be with younger women unless I'm dropping them off at school. <laughs> if he only knew what his future would behold. <laughs> Oh, man. I had, to st- I had to pause it for that one. Uh, <laughs> I got to write that down. Let me back that up in 10 seconds and make sure I got every word. Uh, the Bariquas win. They beat down uh, the two afterwards. Owen runs down with a crutch and takes out the Bariquas. Uh, payback for uh, the beating that they gave him last week. DX is back in the ring with Michael Cole. Uh, we get a quick recap of Shawn Michaels winning the 95 Rumble. Uh, talks about Bear and uh, Paul Bear. <laughs> Where the slam of the week the slam came of the week from came from, with yeah. LT and Bam Bam. That was obviously the bigger moment. Talks about Paul Bear and Kane splitting, and he says, I want to introduce the newest member of DX, Kane. But Taker comes out instead. Taker cuts a quick promo on HBK. Uh, nothing to do with Kane. Grabs Shawn Michaels by the throat. China comes up. He goes to choke Sam China. China. Triple H hits him with the crutch. No sells it. Turns around. Sweet chin music. They beat him down. Lights go out. It's Kane. He grabs uh, Shawn Michaels. Triple H uses the crutch and then just powders. Kane follows DX back to the ramp. Extends his hand to Taker. Taker does the drop to when he puts his hand up. And it seems like they're cool with each other for right now. I'm not going to. And that's how we close Raw. Yep. And I'm not going to lie. Well, it's not. No, no. There's another segment. There's another segment. Oh, hang on. All right. You're right. Hang on. Um, I remember this, though. Mm. Just like a, like it was yesterday. Because it was one of those, holy shit, are they together? Because this could be an unstoppable force, man. I remember it being younger, especially against 
Triple H and, and Shawn Michaels, guys who were running rampant and doing what they want to and cheating along the way. I was like, Ooh, I'm for this. I mean, I, I like the, the rise of Austin, but this was cool. I mean, what follows is like, you fucking cheeky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. You know, I saw a quick uh, little tidbit on Twitter or something. It was Brock Lesnar talking about who he thought the strongest person on the roster was. And you know who he said it was? Kane. Kane. He said he said they would like arm wrestle and do shit like that in the back, and he said they, you know it would always impress the divas. And he goes he goes Kane was the guy. He's like he was like that guy. He was like his trying to get his arm down was like trying to move a tree trunk. I I, I was gonna say if you really look at him at any time, I think the mask, the persona, the entrance, the ambiance, the fire, all that shit. Yeah, he's big, but I think it took away from his bigness because if you look, his arms were always, like, bigger than Hogan's 24-inch pythons. Right. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm saying, like, he was a big fucking dude who always had jacked-up arms. Okay, maybe in the latter years when he unmasked and whatever. I'm saying, like, but still, for the first, I'd say, 97 to about 2002, three Probably some of the biggest arms on the entire roster. Yeah. So I can understand that. I, I believe that with Lesnar. I like that add-on. Yeah. Nice. Cool little tidbit, right? Yeah. All right. So for for the best part here, uh, we've got the roster in the ring for the Rumble drawing. Uh, they've got the big bingo thing, you know, the rolling canister, right? Uh, Shamrock goes into the ring and... Uh, B7. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Shamrock goes in the ring and just goes right after Henry. They start brawling. Then the Honky Tonk Man's music hits. He goes into the ring, and everybody just stops fighting. Austin's music hits. He's, everybody's looking towards the ramp. He's, uh, Austin slips in from the backside of the ring. He hits a stunner on Phineas. Middle finger bounces. Uh, they start brawling in the ring again, and as Austin heads up the ramp, Nation Domination and Savio Vega run out and start beating down Austin. Here's the best part. They drag him off through the curtain to the back. Austin's music just hits again, and they drag him back out through the curtain and are still beating the shit out of him. Good night, folks. Yeah, I didn't understand the extra music hit. Yeah. Like, hey, he's back. Oh, no, he's still getting the shit beat out of him. (laughs) I will say I really liked the, unless it's like that whole, ha you ready for this? Kind of like, you know, when you call someone out and they don't come out and you're like, ha I got you. It's like they're his music. Let's make him think that he's okay. Oh, right. He comes back out. Yeah. He's not. Could be. Maybe. Um, I love the quick come in, stun someone, run out. Well, you know what I mean? Like, imagine running into a bar full of douchebags that like, I don't know. Let's say the end zone. And you just run up and just run in, punch someone the fuck out, and run out. I would love to do it. If his name was Ray DeVito the Baked Petito. Let's get to Nitro. Let's get to Nitro. We open with Get a... some dancers. Nitro we... girls. <laughs> we get a recap of Thunder. It's Sting telling J.J. Dillon he has no guts and tells Hogan he's a dead man. Uh, they didn't really do a good job of explaining what happened. It looked like uh, he had to drop the title to Hogan, but that's not what happened. He had to vacate it. On Thunder. On Thunder. Your, uh, a reference, by the way. Yep, yes. Yep, yep. On their B show. Gene is in the parking lot so he can talk to the NWO. We see one limo there. His mic is not working, and the crowd knows it because they can't hear anything he's saying, and they just start booing the shit out of him. 
Good thing he didn't go, what the fuck? Hey, Seattle, go Seahawks. <laughs> right. He asks Nash if hitting Macho was on purpose. Hogan says, They're, we're, we're here, we're going to address this title issue tonight. Gene asks, where's Macho? And Nash says, well, Macho don't want any of me. So we up and up with Jerry Flynn versus Goldberg. Uh, th- this was a typical Goldberg squash match. What I did like about it was Jerry Flynn was using, you know, a lot of uh, martial arts move, and Goldberg showed some actual mat skills for about 15 seconds. You know? So it was something. It's more than we normally get. Yeah, well, you know what? It's kind of like, what, 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 what was your reference? Some people give and take pennies in that little penny jar at the gas station, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I forgot all about that. That's a good one. It was a good one. Uh, Yeah, it was a squash. Uh, We're starting, you know, the pops are getting bigger and bigger each week when Goldberg, you know, hits a big move or wins. So that that, that train has left the station. Next, something that I completely forgot about. We get Black Cat, who is Japanese but was born in Mexico. Shouldn't Ernest Miller be the Black Cat? Black cat man and man You don't remember Janet Jackson, Black Cat? I do. Yeah, it's just been a minute since I've heard it. You're welcome. Yeah. What else you want? Uh, no, nothing. Thank you. I heard from a friend today, and she said you are in town. So to me, the man. Oh, you're done? I banged okay, Tupac in poetic justice. I'd raised his child as my own. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Black Cat is taking on Marty Janetti. Holy shit. I love this match already. You know, last time I remember seeing Marty Janetti? 1996 when he fought Michaels one-on-one mm-hmm. in Raw when we had that. Yep. We watched it. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, ah, we'll take him. Did he become a part of a deal when you got Brett and other guys? Maybe. Well, there's more to come. Uh, the best part is is uh, his finisher is somewhat of a famouser, kind of. Uh, but it's called the Showstopper. Love it. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Gene, is it sad to say that I actually always liked Marty Jannetty more than Sean I mean, I kind of did at first. Yeah, definitely. The same. Yeah, man. Maybe it's because he was. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. he was the better worker in the beginning, at least. Right? Well, Sean was protecting that eye. He was already at a disadvantage. <laughs> he looks like Tom York from Radiohead. If anybody gets that joke, I don't know. Um, Gene is back in the parking lot. Before <laughs> you should just don't. On. Moving on. Gene's back in the parking lot. Mike, Mike is working better this time. It's the remainder of the NWO. It's basically Scott Hall, Macho Man. Uh, Gene. Gene asked Macho, did you hear what Nash said? What'd he say? What'd he say? <laughs> he just go, what'd he say? I'll slap you. And Gene, I'll call an attorney. <laughs> Fucking Gene. It's funny because Macho, I don't give a fuck who you are. He gets in your face even acting, mm-hmm. doing his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want Gene that. Gene can stand straight up, though. He had no problem. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he yeah. knew him long enough. He's like, he's not going to fuck me. Or yeah, he didn't definitely. flinch. He didn't powder or anything like that. Yeah, but most people were like, oh, shit, I'm dying. I would if it was fucking macho. I shit myself. <laughs> I can't stop crying. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Next week. Yeah, no, I'm done, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We got Dean Malenko versus Chris Benoit. What I love about this is uh, Raven's Flock is in the crowd. And Tanae, so earlier... 
in an earlier segment, Shivani referred to them as Raven's Nest. And Mike Tanay goes, oh, there in the crowd we can see Raven's flock. <laughs> like he was just openly mocking Shivani for calling him Raven's Nest. Um, <laughs> hey, man, some matches you just watch. Benoit w- wins with the crossface. Raven runs and hits a DDT on Benoit. Saturn jumps Malenko. And uh, Shivani calls him Raven's Nest again. <laughs> Shivani was off today. He was off today. Uh, Raven's Nest. Next, we get Gene on the ramp with J.J. Dillon. They Quote show- the Nevermore. To- <laughs> Raven. <laughs> Close enough. Gene's on the ramp with J.J. Dillon. They show the footage of Thunder. Uh, Luger's cleaning house in a match. Uh, at one point, he has a chair. And then they show a recap of the NWO infighting from last uh, Nitro, where Macho clocked Bischoff. Uh, they had to DQ Luger for hitting Macho with the chair. Hey, Dylan says he's just trying to do his job, and he goes, and Macho struck Bischoff. You know, I'm going to have to find Macho Man $5,000. Macho comes running out, confronts Dylan. Bischoff runs out, trying to calm Macho. He's like, I'll pay the fine. It's not the money. It's the principle. What did Nash see? What did he see? <laughs> he's a very defensive guy. All right? He is. That's all I'm going to say. He is. Very, very much so. He don't like that shit. Uh, we get Gene in the ring with DDP. Asks him how it feels to be the champ. He says, well, I'm jacked in Jacksonville. <laughs> says there's a match booked for... That's a professor line. Yeah, that, for real. Uh, he says there's a match being booked ah, for... I would have been like, I'm jacking it off here in Jacksonville. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. You don't got to spoon feed it. He'd be there, too. Because he's always everywhere. He is everywhere. <laughs> you're not alone when you're with Christ. <laughs> or lined up with three other dudes next to a pickup truck. I mean, whatever fucking works for you, man. That trick! <laughs> DDP says, hey, I thought Macho and Nash were for life. Then again, I thought Macho and Liz were for life. Jesus. <laughs> and Gene goes, hey, you can't say that on TV, pal. <laughs> he's going to get you real. He's going to get really pissed off. <laughs> DDP's over as fuck. Uh, he leaves through the crowd. Uh, next, we get Saturn versus Brooker T for the TV title. Flock is banned from ringside. Saturn gets a pin. Three count. The nest? The nest, yes. Saturn gets a three count with his feet on the second buckle. And then, you know, the natural progression of the story is to have Rick Martel come out, point that out to the ref. The match restarts. Saturn immediately rolls Booker up, and the ref just stares at him and doesn't count. <laughs> Booker ends up winning. He thanks Martel, and Martel says, hey, how about a shot? And Booker says, I got an open contract anytime, brother. You just let me know I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> the ref part, no bullshit. Reminds me. Went to my niece's volleyball game a couple weeks ago. And have you ever been to a volleyball game? Maybe like a in gym or not? Well, I mean, not. You have one person well, that's yeah. on like a, a set of riser steps or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like Bleachers. right above the pole. Yeah. Yep. And then you got one that's on the floor. Oh, I see what you're Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right across from each other, mm-hmm. each ref. Mm-hmm. Someone hits a ball. The ball goes out right in front of the ref. He is to now determine, is it in or out? When I tell you it is as far from you 
to that fucking guitar hanging on the wall behind you. He goes, he's, I swear to God, he just looks up and goes, I don't know. And I almost yelled out, it's your only fucking job. I'm like, ah, this is a JV tournament. I shouldn't be saying this kind of shit. But that's what it felt like. He just stood there and goes, huh, I don't know. Should I pin? Should I stare at this guy or not? It was a bad, weird moment, but it kind of reminded me of that. I thought you'd appreciate that. that. Yeah, that is Fuck uh, refs. pretty, pretty <laughs> fucking bad. He's probably thinking about pornography. <coughs> anyway. It was Never mind. Yeah. Gene's in the ring with... That sounded whatever really bad is what I was... Never mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll just please, we'll blow by that one. Uh, Gene's yeah. in the ring with Nick Lambros, who's uh, your WCW executive VP, one of them, uh, and the Giant. Uh, Lambros says, Kevin Nash nor NWO have given satisfactory answer to why Nash no-showed the match with the Giant. That's not acceptable to WCW, so we are requiring Kevin Nash and or the NWO to post a $1.5 million performance bond for the match at sold out on January 24th. Failure will result in a one-year suspension of Nash for all sanctioned events. He says, also, Bischoff has been spending the company's money like water. That ends. He is cut off. Nash, Bischoff, Hogan, and Henry Holmes, who's apparently a Hollywood attorney, come to the ring. Holmes has talked to his clients and said they accept the demand. They will put up the bond. But there's always a catch. And that catch is that WCW and the Giant have to match the bond. And Giant can't come near Nash or touch him until the match. And if he does, he forfeits the bond. Giant accepts, and immediately Nash gets into the ring and gets right in Giant's face and starts screaming and being a complete twat. Giant just smiles, he laughs at him, and he leaves. I like it. I am going to put money down. You do not remember what this leads to. I don't. I can't say I do. I was already pissed off that this match was taken off of the Starcade pay-per-view. Right. When it got delayed... And push to sold out and what everything leads to. I was like, all right, well, if that was what we were all leading to anyway, eh, maybe it was better off without being on Starcade. Did you happen to read that Kevin Nash said that without him going to WCW, there was no Attitude Era? That's a funny fucking Yeah, that's, line. that's fucking hilarious. Okay, well, we'll see about that. Uh, <laughs> hour two, we open up with Hugh Morris versus Luger. It's a squash match. Liz runs to the ring in tears, calls to Lex. Says, I need your help. Where's our pills? Too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Way too soon. Come on, admit. That we was pretty humorous. a couple years, oh, man. Oh, I'm done. I'm done for the day. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to say a goddamn word. Go. Macho runs in and beats Lex down. Macho holds him up and lets Liz slap him. Uh, DDP comes out for the save. They powder. So, there you go. Commentary uh, makes a point to talk about Scott Steiner's selfishness as of late as far as winning matches. Uh, they show the match from Thunder, and uh, basically what happened was Rick Steiner goes to the top for their finisher, and Scott Steiner just carries Conan to the opposite turnbuckle to hit a Frankensteiner uh, and take the pin. 
Next we get Jericho versus Mongo. Mongo wins naturally. Uh, Jericho is out cold. They go to break. We come back. Jericho starts freaking out on the fans. And then somebody on commentary goes, uh, Chris, uh, we're live. And he completely switches and goes back to being a baby face. <laughs> That's, it was, <coughs> I like that moment. It, no, it was great. Uh, Ray comes back, uh, Ray comes back to the ring. Ray heads out to the ring because he's got a match against Juventud Guerrera, who won the Cruiserweight title on this past episode of Thunder. Uh, so they're going to be fighting for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Jericho looks pissed off. He, Ray, what are you doing here? And he says, oh, all right, well, Ray, you know, good luck on winning your title back. And he turns. Hits a couple backbreakers on Ray. Hits the lock, locks in the lion tamer. Hooventude's music hits. He comes to the ring. He's not trying to save Ray. He goes to do a springboard off the top rope, and he fucking <laughs> bit it. And Jericho just gave him a look like, eh, don't say botch. I don't like that word. Ruff says, yeah, we can't have this match. And Hoovy says, the fuck we can't. Bell rings. And Hooven 2 just wins. <laughs> WCW is firing on all cylinders. Well, to show you how much they're firing on all cylinders, three quarters into the program is when they finally decide to show you what happened on Thunder so you actually know what the fuck is happening on with the most prestigious title in wrestling, <laughs> the, the world title. Dylan says, uh, and they don't even do a good job of that. Basically, just Dylan announces the title's vacated until a decision's made. Uh, Hogan's music hits. He comes out with Bischoff. Uh, he says, Henry Holmes is there uh, for blanket coverage. And tomorrow at 8, Holmes is going to be in federal court. Uh, I loved it. There was a sign that said, Sting looks fat. <laughs> it's so fucking I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow, my attorneys, we're going to be there. Sting looks fat. (laughs) Gene's on the ramp, and he introduces Jim Neidhart, (laughs) who's wearing the same exact jacket he wore in the WWF. (laughs) It really is. It's Um, his his only jacket. it, It might be, yeah. He says he can't believe the statements Flair made about Brett. It's too much. He says, Bret Hart is the best. Flair comes out, welcomes Anvil to WCW. He's like, hey, you got to say it to my face. We're doing this again. So Anvil does, and he says, hey, we can settle this in the ring right now. Flair accepts. He goes to the back. He says, I'm just going to get my gear on. Flair comes back out. He's still in a suit. Takes a jacket off. And as he does it, he pulls out the knucks. He clocks Anvil. He clocks the ref. Flair continues the beat down. My favorite spot of this show. Flair is teasing the figure four post spot that Brett is famous for doing. We know this. But Tanay calls it out 15 seconds before he does it. <laughs> Tanay mm-hmm. got so excited. He's like, he's doing Bret Hart's move. And Flair just takes his anvil's leg and smacks the knee against the post. And Shivani goes, that's Bret Hart's move. <laughs> those two rad did jump the gun on it and it's like all right maybe you do have a script in front of you in a little bit I and mean, hey look at we saw michael cole when shane fell oh my god for the love of mankind he was legitimately reading those exact words off of a piece of paper right so maybe he was like i gotta remember to say that he stole brett's move he dragged him across the ring. That's Brett's move. <laughs> he missed his cue, that's for sure. 
Uh, Brett makes the save, gets a few shots and flare powders. Uh, Buffer, Michael Buffer, uh, is here to announce our main event. It's WCW versus NWO for a tag title unification match. Why are we unifying the titles? No, no, no. What are we unifying? Because there's only one set of titles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, whatever. Uh, my, so it's, We're having a unification title match. Shit, maybe we shouldn't watch Raw. Yeah. What are they unifying? <laughs> well, I don't know. We should try. That's, that's some desperate shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's Steiners versus the Outsiders, obviously, because the Outsiders are claiming themselves to be the tag champions. Macho comes running out. What did he say? What did Nash say? Didn't did mm-hmm. nobody show Macho the tape from earlier in the night? He could have just gone to the production truck and seen what he said. Instead of interrupting randomly, <laughs> like a like an asshole drunk in the middle of like a Thanksgiving dinner. Seven years ago. What did he say about me at that party? What did he say? <laughs> Just come running in. That's what he's doing. We get a ref, bucket, a ref bump at one point. Um, so Rick Steiner is down. Nash covers him, but there's no ref. As he's realizing that, Macho goes to the top, attempting to hit Nash with the elbow, but Nash moves and he hits Rick instead. At that point, they're able to wake up the ref. Outsiders get the win. They are now the tag champions. Nash goes after Macho, they're arguing, and uh, good night, folks. So you're doing too many things at once. Now Nash is dealing with Savage and the tag titles. Oh, yeah, now he's also got a fight. Uh, Giant coming up at the pay-per-view. It's just too much. Yeah. To say the least, not not the greatest one. Uh, But, hey, like I said, next week I'm looking forward to the Rumble, looking forward to Raw, and looking forward to making fun of Nitro. Yeah, and you know, Sean, I mean, he really breaks his back to make sure that this uh, match goes off with no problems. I'm sorry, I was thinking about pornography. (laughs) (laughs) I have no segue, because for me to say that we're going into the movie of the week, after what this movie is about to be about, and what you just said, Oh, here we go. What did he say about me? (laughs) All right. So here we are. You know, the last couple of weeks I have had some fun, or about the last month, talking about movies that are... You know, of wrestling quality, wrestling nature. You got fighting with my family. You got no holes barred. Uh, And we even did Beyond the Mat. And in the last couple of weeks, we had Hulk Hogan's all-time Oscar award-winning classics of Mr. Nanny and Suburban Commando. This week, we are talking about the Peanut Butter Falcon. And to be honest with you, this is not a joke when it comes to really how good this movie is. Um, I was kind of suckered into watching the movie. They're like, it was a family thing. I was like, come on, we're all sitting down watching a movie. And I really don't feel like it right now. I just want to go <laughs> eat it, play chicken nuggets and watch what? wrestling or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, ah, well, it's about a, a wrestling. All right. I swear to God, if you guys are fucking with me 20 minutes, I'm out, you know, <laughs> but no, it really was, uh, in a way about wrestling and it, it's the cast of Dakota Johnson. You got Shia LaBeouf. 
Um, and also leading with Zach Gotzgen, who is the main character of Zach, who plays a uh, a guy who has Down syndrome and runs away from a nursing home. And all he wants to do is be a professional wrestler. And his buddy, who, you know, a coach and ally working with him in the town, uh, is a guy by the name of Tyler who is played by Shia LaBeouf. And the friendship of helping him get to his dream and just get to the journey. One of the more touching wrestling stories, honestly. I know I always like to reference Beyond the, uh, not Beyond the Mat, um, Body Slam, you know. And I'm like, that's a great wrestling movie. It is on that extent. On a heart-wrenching sense, this is a very, very great movie. Um, well acted by everybody in the movie. Bruce Dern is in it as well. Um, but you also get some cameos from Mick Foley and Jake the Snake Roberts, who actually is a, uh, a person who is in the wrestling business. I actually don't want to give a lot away because this is more recent in time. You know, a lot of the movies I've been doing have been, like, from the 90s and whatnot. So, it's easy to give away that shit. But, to be honest with you, if you have the opportunity to watch The Peanut Butter Falcon, highly suggested. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, it's a heart-wrenching dramedy, if you want to call it, when it comes to uh, the side of brotherhood and wrestling. So, excellent movie. Get a chance to check it out. Yeah, it, it's it's... Have you had the chance to see it yet? No. So uh, what I was going to say was, uh, you know, this is definitely one of the ones that I want to check out because I know we've talked about this, not only on the podcast, but also just, you know, just between you and me. And we've talked about, you know, what a great movie it is. So I I definitely want to check it out. I have it pulled up on IMDb right now. And it's great because the poster is the kid with no shirt on standing on like a bayou pontoon with LaBeouf and uh, mm-hmm. the other girl just sitting there. It's a weird-looking poster, man. <laughs> um, It's... God. I don't want to give anything away. Honestly, very good movie. Um, And not that this, you know, makes any form of a difference or whatever, but Zach, the... The, the, the main the character. kid playing with Down Syndrome, of course, um, in real life does have Down Syndrome. And I don't know, just something about him playing this part... Seeing him happy in both the element of all of it, I don't know. You can't help but smile throughout the whole movie. It's just a really, really good movie. Yeah, I, I can't wait to check so, it out. I'm sorry I'm getting distracted because the trailer is playing here. I feel like I'm going to fucking, we're going to get done here. I'm just going to go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to go, man. Fuck my, fuck my words for the day. <laughs> all right, here we go. We're out of here for the week. We'll be back next week as always. I am the professor. I do appreciate you guys listening every week. We both do. Next week, our top topic, we're going to be talking about the top winners of Royal Rumble history. And it's not just going, well, uh, 1990, it was Hulk Hogan. Good job. No. What happened after that year? Was it a, uh, was the push worth it? Was winning the Rumble worth right. it? We've seen some guys go to the Rumble win it and you're like this is his year and then they get hit in the dick by AJ Styles and they don't win the title at Wrestlemania 34 I'm not holding any grudges about Shinsuke I promise you but that's what we'll be breaking down next week is who are the good or the top winners of Royal Rumble and those who unfortunately were not I'm the professor I bid you a farewell we'll see you next week he is ODM and generally we like to leave you with 
so many of them, but this week, God, oh, we, there's only one number to leave it with. We're leaving you with three words. In a row? The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, The Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Seven thirty in the fucking morning. Our friend here in town calls us, and she's like, "You guys got to hear the most wild fucking story that I just found out. Things are about to blow up in this town. This is the town of Enzone. This is the town of Ray Devito. By the way, I don't know if I've had the chance to officially tell you this. See, I said he looks like Danny Devito. Yeah. Hillary said he looks like a baked potato. <laughs> so we've come up with the name Ray Devito, the baked potato. Because he's also petite. petite. Anyway. <laughs> so this fucking dude. Or not this dude. I'm sorry. This bar. Apparently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of days before Christmas, there was a bachelor party. That was at the bar, hanging out. And a girl who's in this town. All of these people all live in town. It's not like it's a bachelor party that showed up and they're like, what do you say we go to this shit-ass bar? No, it was like these all come, they're patrons. Sure. This girl says, I am right now going to take you four guys out to the parking lot and I'm going to blow all four of you. And people went outside as a fucking spectating kind of setup, but they were on the side of a truck and she sucked as they were all lined up. Four dicks. Go ahead. Clerk's line. In a row? Yeah. No shit. That's all I could keep saying for the last couple of days. I'm like, in a row? And I'm like, I have so many fucking questions. Like, was it who was hardest got to go up next? Uh, Were they making eye contact with each other? Once you're done, do you zip up and leave? Or do you sit there and cheer on? A lot of questions, man. Yeah. Yeah. All uh... Bro. How fucked is that? I, I swear to God, I never heard of anything like that in my entire life. I'm like, that's legit. It's a porno. I, I guess there really isn't much to do out there, huh? Oh, my God, bro. And they all, well, I guess, like, people, are they were trying to do damage control the next day. 
and telling everybody, hey, 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 you know, no one talk of it, no one talk about it. I'm like, there's no way in 2022, 2023, someone didn't grab their fucking phone out and video something. So Even if not. there's no way damage control can be done. And now people are starting to catch on in the town. I think it's fucking hysterical. I couldn't stop laughing, dude. Yeah, people are going to start yelling, all right, cocksucker. <laughs> Make me wanna Shout. kick your heels up and Shout. throw your hands up and Shout. throw your head back and Shout. come on.